Hey, before we get into this week's episode, I want to make one quick correction. In this episode, we say that we have used loose black powder interchangeably with Pyrodex pellets. Since we recorded this episode, we did some target shooting with our muzzle loaders and haven't been able to replicate that this year for some reason. I don't know if the powder's getting old or or what the deal is, so just wanted to put that out there and make sure you are shooting and practicing with what you're going to be hunting with so that uh, you're accurate in the woods. And now we'll start the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman podcast. Today our topic is muzzleloader season. So this episode is going to go live around when it might even be the Tuesday of muzzleloader season. I'm not sure. I didn't I didn't look at the calendar before we started this, but I know it's going to go live near muzzleloader season. So no, it might go live on New Year's, go Day. New Year's Day. So I it'll thought. be before muzzleloader season. Glad we got that figured out. <laughs> it's early. Yeah. This is an early morning recording session. So with that, before we get into that, we've got a few announcements. So our trail camera giveaway has ended. Congratulations to Andrew Bird. He's the winner of the trail camera and one of our Eat Local Ohio Huntsman t-shirts. If you're sad that you didn't win a shirt or if you're sad that you didn't win the giveaway, you can still get a shirt. Just go to our, well, go to the show notes. There'll be a link to our, our shirts there or social media. You can find links there as well. And you can get yourself an Ohio Huntsman Eat Local shirt. The other announcement is it's just Jake and I today. Jeff is heading down to spend, it's real close to Christmas when we're recording this, so Jeff is heading down to spend time with his wife's family, and so he couldn't be here, but Jacob and I are going to hold down the fort. I don't know. We're not holding down the fort. We're uh, keeping the content coming. There you go. (laughs) There you go. That's what I was looking for. So we wouldn't want to miss a a schedule for you guys. Every Tuesday, we're coming at your ear holes. So with that, any other announcements we have? Anything else going on? I almost hit a deer the other day with my car. That would have been a mess. But other than that... I don't think so. Nothing. All right. So we're going to get into the topic, which, like I said, is muzzleloaders. Muzzleloader season, hunting with the muzzleloader... The effectiveness of muzzleloader, just anything we can pontificate on with muzzleloaders. So where should we start, Jake? I guess we'll start with muzzleloader season just to make sure we get that information because we're releasing before the season starts. Yes. So dates and whatever, make sure people get the opportunity. So what are the dates? Because I don't have my, do you have them? Do you, I don't have my calendar in front of me. I'm could, 99% sure it's January 4th through the it's a saturday seven. sunday monday tuesday right that's what it's been the past so fifth through the eighth the fifth through the eighth yes fifth through the eighth okay so muzzleloader season january 5th through january 8th it's a saturday sunday monday tuesday four day muzzleloader season we are planning to hunt muzzleloader season ohio huntsman is planning to hunt muzzleloader season we typically, because it's cold during muzzleloader and nobody wants to sit and freeze, we typically 
do little wind bumps or, or deer drives and try to get deer up and moving. And then we're moving, so we're not sitting there freezing. And I think that's going to be our, our plans again this year. We're going to go out to a farm that we have permission to hunt on. And there's a few, doesn't end up being an all day thing, but there's a few blocks of timber that we can kind of try to bump deer around and, and see if we can fill some tags. Typically by this time of year, we've got, you know, everybody's got some deer and we're just looking to maybe top off freezers or see what we can come up with. So. Yeah, we like to try and take care of the landowner out there if we do get anything. Yep. We usually yep. try and give Typically them some. give them one. Yeah. So this year, the other important thing to remember, and we've been posting about this on social, is if you're hunting public land at this point, no more does. It's buck only on, on public land. So make sure you're not shooting does on public land. That's private land only. And we've posted the list of, of uh, public property that that applies to, and it's pretty much everything. So from here, I guess, what are your thoughts on hunting with a muzzleloader, Jake? Do you like muzzleloader season? Would you prefer to be out there with a, a modern weapon, I guess? I was going to say modern rifle, but right. it could, you know, shotgun or whatever. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, I actually like muzzleloader. I like kind of the history of it, I guess, or the tie into your ancestors. Some nostalgia so there. Yeah, it's kind of, um, and I was, I don't know of any real reason why they keep a muzzleloader season other than that. Yeah. I mean, modern muzzleloaders are pretty darn effective at, Ohio deer hunting ranges. Right. Most places in Ohio outside of cornfields or, you know, some crop fields, you're not getting too much in the way of shots outside of 200 yards for the most part. I mean, obviously there's places where you can get much longer shots than that, but in terms of effectiveness, modern muzzleloaders are pretty similar ballistically up to 200 yards as most of your modern firearms that you would use, whether that's a shotgun or one of the straight walled rifle cartridges. Um, obviously there's variations in every cartridge and ballistics and all that, but just throwing everything into one bucket, pretty comparable. There's not a huge difference. The primary difference would be you can't obviously load a muzzle loader nearly as fast as you can reload. Right. Um, modern firearm, but I like it just kind of the way we do it because it's, you know, the little, bump drives we do and that kind of stuff. It's, I like hunting together. I like that part of hunting. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. I like sitting, you know, in a tree with a bow also, but by this time of year, like you said, it's cold at times borderlines miserable. Yeah. Um, I'm over sitting in a tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, unless obviously I had some big giant buck that I was chasing specifically. I'm not going to be spending much time in a tree at this point. Like you said, because we usually have our tags filled, most of them, freezers are full. There's yep. just not a whole lot of reason. You know, I've spent to a sit lot out of there and t- suffer. Yeah, <laughs> right. Spent a lot of time away from the family at this point. So yeah. the uh, wife's patience wears thin when it gets to late season because she's sick of raising the kids by herself. Yep. Understandably. <laughs> I also like muzzleloader season. It's. It's different in the, it's, it, it feels different, I guess, in the woods muzzleloader season. 
it feels like there's less guys out there doing it. And like you said, you get, you know, you typically get one shot. And so you got to make it count. It's, it's a little more relaxed. It's, it's, uh, I don't want to say it's more enjoyable. It's just, it's just different, right? Yeah, it's it's a, different. maybe a little uh, slower paced, if you will, right? Like you said, kind of a, a kind of a throwback to uh, to the olden day. So I enjoy muzzleloader. One thing that we should talk about is the type of bullets and stuff we use. I just thought of that because that's a little different than I think what a lot of people use. So we don't use what you would consider standard muzzleloader bullets or bullets that are sold and marketed as muzzleloader bullets, which are, you know, your Thompson Center, and I don't even know, the Shockwave and that kind of stuff that, you know, it's a it's a ballistic tipped bullet with a, with a plastic sabot or sabo that you push down the barrel. Those are I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're effective. I, there's nothing wrong with that. But for us, it's just a, a cost effectiveness, right? You can, what we do is we buy the, the plastic, I guess, I think it's technically Sabo. I think Sabo is how it's pronounced. All right. But I'm gonna most say people Sabo. I know say Sabot. Yeah. But I think it's Sabo. Just so that we don't get people writing in and saying, you idiots, you keep saying Sabot and it's Sabo. I'm going to say Sabo. Although typically I say Sabot. We buy just a package of the plastic Sabos, and I think they're Thompson Center brand, but you buy a package of them for, I don't know, 10 bucks or something. Yeah, it's pretty cheap. Yeah, it's just a, a package of 50 of them or something. And then we go down to the reloading section and buy a box of, I think they're 44 caliber bullets. Look this up online. Don't go off of what I'm telling you here because it's very important that you get this right, that you got the right size sabot and the right size bullet. But just 44 caliber jacketed soft point pistol bullets, but we use them as muzzleloader bullets inside of our just buy in bulk plastic sabos. It's much, much cheaper to buy them that way. You're spending 10 bucks on a, on a, box of or a, a package of sabos and then you know you're buying a box of a hundred just loose bullets and you're basically making your own quote unquote muzzleloader bullet at that point we've had no issues with performance as far as shooting a, a pistol bullet out of a rifle or a, a muzzleloader and it saves you a ton of money I mean, you, and then because muzzleloader is one shot at a time, right? It's not bang, bang, bang. That you buy that once and you're set for years. Mm -hmm. You, I mean, unless you're just the type of guy that likes to go out and shoot his muzzleloader, which is, you know, some people do. I typically don't because of the cleanup process, right? You got to get your muzzleloader cleaned up. Otherwise it will rust and it, you know, that's no good. That, that setup we typically buy it and split it between a, you know, a group of us, because if you bought a hundred bullets, I mean, that's honestly, that's almost a lifetime supply of muzzleloader yeah. bullets. Yeah. Assuming so, you use a couple shots to make sure you're on zero and right. You shoot one or two deer with your muzzleloader. Right. I mean, you, you maybe do five shots a year, right. 10, if you're really like, right. Oh, I got a new scope and I, you know, you're spending time, 
So that's what we do. You can check it out. Save yourself a ton of money doing it that way. We could probably link to the products or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Let me make a note about that because that way you'll know you've got the... the, Yeah. Again, we're not... You know, we'll just send a generic link to whatever we end up finding. We're not necessarily endorsing a specific yeah. store per se, but just so you know the size of everything. Right. Yep. And that would, what because what we use are, are all 50 caliber muzzle loaders. So that's what it'll be because I know there's 45 caliber muzzle loaders. We don't typically, I think dad has one, but it's hard to find the stuff for that and, and, things that are the right size. So I'm excited about muzzleloader this year because I bought a new muzzleloader. It, was, it wasn't in time to hunt with it last year. It showed up like the day before, and that's an interesting story. I'll go back to that. It showed up like the day before or two days before muzzleloader season last year, and I just didn't have time to shoot it and get it sighted in and that kind of stuff. So I have a new muzzleloader that is yet to be fired that I'm going to use this year. And I'm pretty excited about it. It's one of the more modern kind of break open uh, breech with the, the the easy release, quick release breech plug and everything. So looking forward to that. Did you previously were using one that was bought for you when you were a kid, right? Yes, it yes. Old, yeah. It was, that was a gift. Um, my uncle bought that for me one year as a gift and it served me well nice thing on a muzzleloader is there's not a whole heck of a lot to go wrong with them other than your, you know, like the, the flash tube where the, where the spark from the primer travels into the, into the breech gets plugged up. But you know, that can typically be remedied pretty easily. That's that muzzleloader served me well, but it was, it's an inline muzzleloader. doesn't have the brake open. It's kind of got the, like the side charging handle where you pull the, I don't even know how to, that hammer, hammer mechanism. It's not a hammer mechanism. It's like a sliding, I don't even know. It's hard to sound like a fool here, but (laughs) it's got a, it's got a a charging handle on the side that you pull back to cock it. And, but it's not a hammer. It's an inline muzzleloader. And when you fire it, that that mechanism slides forward and sets the primer off. It uses the 209 primers. But to get that one apart, there was a special tool that you had to drop down into that that breech area and unscrew, you know, and it had a bar that you use to unscrew that that piece that holds the primer. And then there was another piece, like I guess that would be your breech plug that opened it all the way up. And it was... It, kind of a pain to get apart. I never had any real issues with it. I kept it, you know, lubed up to where the threads didn't lock up on me too bad. But this new one is the, like, the stainless nitrided barrel, which I'm pretty excited about. And like I said, it's got the quick release. You know, you should just be able to unscrew it with your fingers, breech plug. So looking forward to using that and seeing how much nicer it is to clean it afterwards versus what I what I was rocking before. So I still have my old muzzle loader and I'll probably keep it. I mean, why, why not? But looking forward to using the new one. So what was like, where was I going to go after that? Oh, 
So an interesting thing, an interesting fact, fun fact, I guess, is there's kind of a, we're kind of in a, a unique historical, uniquely historical point right now where you're now allowed to use the straight walled cartridges in Ohio. And a lot of people are using the 4570s. Jake, you shot, you used a 4570 this year. Mm-hmm. Jeff uses 4570. Dad uses 4570. The 4570 was one of the original cartridges that came around after the, like the civil war era muzzleloaders, right? There was, and I, I, I couldn't find enough details on it to, to say this for certain, but there's, you know, the model 1873 Springfield trapdoor rifle. I think there were muzzleloaders that were being converted to these trapdoor rifles and those rifles shot a 4570 caliber round. So they went from a breech loading muzzleloader or a, a muzzle loading breech loading, a muzzle loading rifle to a breech loading rifle. They were single shot, but they were shooting a 4570 caliber round. Which you know there was a, a time point where there was some guys on the battlefield shooting a muzzleloader and some guys shooting a 4570. And I just think like how uh intimidating that would be right i'm pouring powder down the barrel and that guy's just jacking shells in his gun and and shooting you know and it's like all right i'm done i'm going home (laughs) but yeah so it it just is kind of an interesting thing to think about right it it was those rifles and weapons were very different than what you're shooting today but it's just kind of a historically interesting thing that we have going on, right? People are still using 4570s and they're still using muzzleloaders for deer hunting now, but you know, yeah, not on a battlefield, but right. just interesting. The other story that I was going to, when I was talking about my new muzzleloader is I had never, like I said, my first muzzleloader was a gift. I had never bought a muzzleloader before that. So the muzzleloader I bought, I found a, a good deal on online and it's a weapon, but it's not there's no background check required on a muzzleloader, so they, you can just have them shipped to your house, right? I, I think I bought it on Midway USA, and they just ship it to your house. No signature required, no nothing. It just shows up on your front porch, and you you know you open it up, and there's a gun in there. Which I know, right? The the designation of a muzzleloader is is different, right? It's a it's a I can't remember the doesn't matter. Doesn't require a background check to buy right. to buy a muzzleloader. And so, you know, it was just, it was just different kind of like, huh, just ship it right to your door. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was the other story I wanted to tell with that. So Jake, you had some stuff on the, the harvest numbers during muzzleloader that you were talking about before we started recording, right? Cause yeah, this yeah. year at this point, as of extended gun, deer harvest numbers are way down something like 40, uh, not total. I think the extended gun season harvest numbers during extended gun were down like 46% or something like that, which is like, that's, that's significant. pretty significant. Yeah. That's but you were talking about muzzleloader numbers being pretty consistent from year to year. Yeah. Yeah. I was just curious. So when we were decided we were doing this as a topic, I decided to look into it just kind of like, 
to go along with, you know, why do we have a muzzleloader season? Is it an effective weapon? Is it, you know, are people still hunting muzzleloader season? Just curious to look at the numbers. So I was looking at the Ohio deer harvest report, which again, if you guys don't look at that report every year, I would highly, highly suggest it. It is a very cool document that the ODNR puts together. A lot of information in there. But That's the summary that they put together at, at the, the end, end of the year. year you're yeah, about. yeah, it's a cool document. Um, so I was looking back previous years, obviously, because this year's season isn't over. But they had three available. So the 17-18 season going back two years prior to that. And muzzle, I was kind of shocked and I guess in, it was interesting. Muzzleloader harvest numbers are, you could set your watch to it every year right around fourteen to 15,000 deer killed, um, which was kind of surprising to me that it was so consistent because the other seasons, you know, like the other one I was kind of comparing it to just because of uh, season length would be the bonus gun. And it is like last year, they were pretty comparable, the numbers, but bonus gun, they have, you know, the numbers fluctuate significantly from year to year. Typically, you would think based on weather, um, that would probably be the number one thing I would think that right. bonus gun would fluctuate. Uh, but muzzleloader, I don't know if it's because everybody knows it's going to be cold and miserable, so they just prepare for it, and yeah. they're just going to go out no matter what. But the numbers are consistent. It could have something to do with the deer patterns, too. Um, you know, your deer are on pretty strict patterns at that time of year. Uh, they're in survival mode. So it's if you know how to hunt that, you can be pretty successful. I would, um, that was my, when you were saying that, that was kind of my thought is like muzzleloader. There's a, there's another layer of, I don't know, commitment involvement, right? There's, it's right. not like you're just going to run out and buy a box of shells and go hunting. It's the powder and the right. bullets and knowing how to load a muzzleloader properly. And, and so I, that was my thought is like the guys that are hunting muzzleloader are the same guys every year. They're, they're the diehard guys. Like you said, they right. know it's going to be cold. And so they're going to, you know, and they're going to go out and they're going to get their deer during muzzleloader. And that's why you have that consistency. That's the only, I mean, that's the only thing I can think, right? Cause it's a, it's a four day season it has been for right. as long as I can remember. Yeah. And the guys that are going to hunt it are going to hunt it every year. Right. And it's, that's just the way it is, I guess. I don't know. At least that's what the numbers are saying, right? The, it's just right. those guys are going to hunt and they're going to go out and do their thing and get a deer or not, you know. Speaking of knowing how to uh, load a muzzleloader, another, another tip is to mark your ramrod. I know this is kind of derailing where you were going, but it just, I just, when we were talking about that, either... Like once you've got your gun loaded properly, put your ramrod in your gun and mark your your rod. Either like scratch a line on it where the where the the muzzle of your gun of your barrel and your ramrod intersect, right? So that you know, either put a piece of tape on it or just scratch a line in it, so that you know I've got everything seated properly each time you get that consistency and it's also a way to check if a muzzleloader is loaded right you can drop that 
ramrod in there and if it goes past your line okay the gun's not loaded if it goes to your line then you know it's loaded because you don't want to get like a double right load in there you don't want to get a double powder charge or put two bullets in there that's where you know hunting with a muzzleloader can get dangerous if in the heat of the moment you shoot and you're trying to reload and uh, that i already put powder in there i don't you know and you put two powder charges in there and then you're trying to get it seated and it won't seat like okay hang on i need to stop something's wrong and you can save yourself from blowing a muzzleloader up in your face yeah so yeah but did you have anything else you wanted to mention on numbers not really i would like i said i was just doing some research to see kind of how many deer are harvested every year during muzzleloader how comparable is that to you know the bonus gun or extended gun versus youth season versus seven gun or seven day gun season um, just kind of to see why does Ohio have a muzzleloader season, right? You know what, other than the nostalgia of it, so to speak. Um, you know, is it effective? Are guys utilizing it? Um, so I was kind of pleasantly surprised to see um, that there is a significant number harvested during muzzleloader in the last couple of years, despite the weather has been pretty downright terrible the last couple of years in terms of. It's cold. I mean, yeah. it's been great, great hunting weather if you can deal with the cold. Yeah. Um, but like you said, I probably would agree with you that it's the diehard people that muzzle load do it for a reason. Right. You know, they have the stuff. It's not like you said, a last minute. Oh, hey, guys, you want to go out and hunt this weekend? It's like they've been planning on it. They do it every year. Yep. They have a group of guys they go with, whatever it is. But and with, like I said previously, modern muzzle loaders and modern muzzle loading you know equipment so to speak i mean your efficacy is obviously not on the level of a modern rifle but you can get pretty close if you're inside 200 yards yeah you know i I was looking at a article that someone had written i don't know the guy's name but basically he said you know the that argument holds water that muzzle loaders are you know effective as effective as a rifle out to 200 yards once you get past that they're not but up to 200 yards you're basically any i think he did a study or whatever of 50 muzzle loaders and you're within the kill zone within 200 yards Mm -hmm. with all of them basically in terms of your bullet drop and ballistics and all that stuff so yeah all right well is there anything else we wanted to cover about muzzle loaders or muzzle loader season before we sign off today I can't think of anything. Um, I don't think so. I don't know. Did we want to, I don't know if you wanted to touch on quick loads or any of that stuff. Oh yeah. Just other, other little tips stuff. Yeah. Tips and tricks or. Yeah. So Jacob mentioned. We, we live and die by the quick load. Yeah. Jacob mentioned quick loads. And so, and I, I don't know if that's a. Official like a, term. A, well, I don't, that it, it might be like a, a Thompson center sort of trademarked name. It doesn't have to be a Thompson center thing, but basically what he's talking about are there are products out there for muzzle loaders that hold your primer, your powder charge and your bullet all in this little plastic unit. It's all in one. You can drop a bunch of them in your pocket you know, three or four of them or whatever, and they just make the loading process much quicker and easier, right? So you can pop the cap open, 
dump the powder in, whether it's loose powder or you're using the, like the Pyrex pellets. Pop the cap open, dump those in there, and then you typically flip this unit over and it's got your bullet in it and you start it in the muzzle of the gun and either use your, your bullet starter to, you know, get it in there a couple inches or there, there are units, which, which I really like, they've got a built-in plunger, if you will, that will push the bullet that first couple inches into the, into the muzzle and then you just start with your ramrod. push rod, your ramrod, to seat the bullet the rest of the way. So you don't have to, it eliminates the need to carry a ball starter or some kind of a bullet starter with you because it's incorporated into this quick load, which is really nice. Like, I really like that. The, the complaint I've seen on them is I don't think they have like a, uh, a cupped tip. So if you're using one of these ballistically tipped bullets it might kind of smash that plastic tip we don't use like i said we don't use those we use kind of a blunt nose jacketed soft point and we don't have issues with that if you're using that kind of a bullet they may or may not be useful for you they may cause more problems than good but like i said they have the other ones that don't have the push rod built in you would still carry your regular bullet starter and you, you know, they have the ones that you can buy the interchangeable screw on tips for those. So if you're using a tipped bullet, it's not going to smash the tip of your bullet. And you would just use one of those quick loads to keep everything in kind of a, a contained all in one place powder bullet primer. And because they're, it's like a plastic little tube, they, they do a good job of keeping your powder dry which is important, right? You don't right. want wet powder. So that's another thing that we use. We really like helps with the loading process, keeps everything there. We typically, when we're hunting, because it's kind of quicker and cleaner, we carry the, uh, the Pyrex pellets. When we're sighting in or shooting, we'll use loose powder. And we found that, you know, a hundred grains of loose Pyrex versus two Pyrex or, uh, yeah, Pyrex pellets, right? I'm saying that right? Pyrodex? Pyrodex? Pellets? Pyrodex? I think it's Pyrodex. You guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. The black powder pellets. Right. The, or it's compressed into a, a cylinder, a block or whatever. They're going back and forth between the two. We don't see a significant enough difference. They're, uh, you know, right. minute of hunting accurate. <laughs> right. So... Yeah, I mean, because like, there again, from a cost standpoint, right. right? The loose powder is cheaper, so that's what we use when we're shooting, you know, a handful of rounds to make sure the gun's sighted in and everything's working as it should. And then when we're hunting, just like I said, because it's quicker and cleaner, we use those Pyrodex pellets. So I think that's it. Those are the those are the last tips. Stay warm out there. Keep your powder dry. Thanks again for for listening. As always, subscribe to the podcast. That's the best way to keep up to date with new episodes. Subscribe to our newsletter. We get you know updates on the show, any kind of giveaways that are going on. There'll be a link to subscribe to the the newsletter in the show notes. Follow us on Facebook. We're Ohio Huntsman on Facebook. 
follow us on Instagram. We're Ohio Huntsman Podcast on Instagram. And Jake, it looks like you had one thing you wanted to add before we sign off. I did. I do. Another keep your powder dry is what triggered it in my brain. Another tip or trick that I don't know, maybe everyone knows, but um, if you put electrical tape over your end of your barrel, mm. that'll help from moisture running down there if you're if it's snowing or snowing raining or, or raining whatever, or whatever yeah it's and it has more likely snow than rain during muzzleloader season right. in ohio and but. it has absolutely no impact on accuracy or anything that little piece of tape over the end of the barrel because the percussion or whatever it is that it'll blow that tape well out of the way prior to having any prior to, to the bullet, bullet right the, yeah. yeah you're not gonna have any it's not like the bullet has to rip through the tape or whatever yeah, if you watch any high-speed video of, doesn't have to be a muzzleloader, but any, any weapon shooting of the, you know, of the bullet exiting the the barrel, that explosion is is coming out of the barrel before the bullet exits the barrel, and so it blows that tape off, and the bullet just exits the barrel as normal. So, all right. Well, if there's nothing else, we're signing off again. Thanks for listening.